brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. It's sippin' time. Yes, it's sippin' time again. Hello and welcome to this sips episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. As always, we are the best thing on at 2 a.m. This is a one-hour show that gravely endeavors to be entertaining of some minuscule, tiny portion, little level. There's got to be somebody out there that actually finds this entertaining <laughs> some crazy homeless guy sitting under a bridge this is made man bob joining me today are good old gal denise good morning everybody and made man maury good morning bob love the bubbly in the morning for breakfast and it i resent that but you know and we can't assume that everyone is listening to this in right. the morning good old boy harmeet also referred to as it. Cousin it. Yeah, you could use a haircut, you yeah. shaggy. All right. Well, Maury and myself are with the Bourbon Mafia. The Bourbon Mafia is a nonprofit organization composed of bourbon enthusiasts and industry professionals. With representation in eight states, our members combine a love of bourbon with a passion for charitable work. The group uses their love of our native spirit to raise money for local and national charities through rare bottle auctions and other themed events. You can check us out on Facebook at The Bourbon Mafia. The show is also sponsored in part by Fine Wines and Spirits in Cooper City, Florida. Home. It's just Fine Spirits, dude. How long have we been doing this show? I like to do it to them. Mm. It's just Fine Spirits. I just like to get a rise out of them. Home of the Animatic Machines. You think you, thank you for plugging the wine. Home of the Animatic Machines that still don't work. I will cut you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to plug them in first. I'll bandage you up. Which eventually, if they he plugs them in, will again, after the move, be serving great wines, whiskeys, and other spirits by the glass. You can find him at www.finespirits.net or www.surlyharryguyinthecorner.com. I need to actually uh, to, to get that. I'll get that one. I think I'm you should, register. It. You definitely should. That domain is mine now, but uh, facebook.com slash fine spirits also works for those on part of the evil side. He doesn't use his old porn name from the seventies anymore. And what he would lost that, be? that in the lawsuit. I was a toddler in the seventies, but mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. That's 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 the part of my life I want to leave behind me, Bob. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> that painful chapter. <laughs> Leave it behind. I've seen the pictures of him and Ron Jeremy. It's really interesting. Uncle Ron? <laughs> yeah. You know where he is? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Ron, you don't return my calls anymore. The hedgehog. <laughs> our, <laughs> our sip segments are all about <laughs> really bad jokes, wine, distilled spirits, tea, coffee, and pretty much anything that we can drink. And today's show, today's show is all about champagne. Ooh. You know, champagne. <laughs> it's not Champagne, unless it comes from the province of Champagne. That's true. I learned that. 
in bartending school. Yes, he did. Outstanding. Who was that? I can't remember. His Christopher name. Walken. How can you not know that? How am I not drawing a blank? <laughs> Is there a Walken's human name? on Earth that doesn't sound like? I mean, what planet that man comes from? I have no idea because there is no accent anywhere on Earth that sounds like Christopher Walken. The guy's from Mars. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the wines we're going to be tasting today. From GH Mum, we have uh, the old standby Cordon Rouge. From, we also have the Cordon Rouge Rosé. From Champagne Unreal, we have the Blanc de Blanc, the Brut Souverain, and the Rosé. And from Champagne Collet, we have the Brut Art Deco. So right. we're going to have Harm tell us all about our sips ratings. Well, Bob, uh, I didn't have time to practice my French accent, so please forgive me. All right. Prepare for the worst Pepe Le Pew you've ever heard in your oh, life. God, I don't think I can even do this. I'm going to pick something else out. I, I'm, I'm, I'm shivering. I don't, uh, one sip. Give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth. Sounds like Peter Lorre. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's... Where's Brent when you need him? Two sips. Nice. But what else do you have? Thank you, Boris. I'm, I'm going yeah. more Transylvania. <laughs> yeah, now all of a sudden he's <laughs> yeah. Boris Karloff. Yeah. What's oh, next, God. Lon Chaney Jr.? Or? Three sips. <laughs> hmm, interesting. What was this again? He's from southern France. Southern France. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm from the Rhone. Um, four sips. Let's keep this a secret to ourselves. Pour me another. I can't do the French thing. I I didn't practice. Anyway, five sips. Oh, my. I was unaware anything could be this good. I think that's Western France. That is. Oh, my goodness. Yes. 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 It's like John Wayne is a Frenchman. It's just really. Exactly what I was thinking. We're we're literally doing French cocktails. All right, Pilgrim. Wee wee. Hand us over the champagne. I've I've got a guy from Paris pouring cocktails tonight. Yeah, Swear to God, ain't, ain't doing us any good right now. We got to no, pour our not. own. <laughs> I'm not used to having to pour my own alcohol. Oh wait, yes I am. All right, <laughs> All right. so let's have Denise uh, tell us about our first champagne house. Gh oh, Mum. Okay, I'm sorry. I was just finishing my champagne. Oh, uh, excuse us. <laughs> it's okay. Again, you caught her drinking. Mm, oh, you, you had some that. champagne. Is that what you were drinking? I would be yes. devastated. If you did not join me for at least one glass of fine champagne. Mm. Don't mind if I do. Okay. Well, the Von Mums are one of Germany's most ancient noble families, tracing their ancestry back to the medieval era. It was in the 18th century that their history first became linked to winemaking. Ding, ding to that, Bob. In 1761, Peter Arnold Mum decided to establish a business in Cologne as a wine producer and merchant. He transmitted his passion to his sons, Jacobus, Gottlieb, and I believe it's Philippe, who in turn became pioneers in the emerging French champagne industry. I would argue that it's Philip. Philip? They're German. Ah. Thank you. Gottlieb. Gottlieb. I'm so glad I have you guys. Thank you so (laughs) much. We're going to be. You might want to go over this with me before I start the read. (laughs) 
They're so helpful I when know. you're already in it. You exactly. know, we're, this, this whole, whole episode is going to be mangled. They never so give you a hand you know, beforehand. They just hold it back so they can pounce on you like a leopard. So <laughs> It's okay. Don't worry. So All you got to do is give me the sign. Gottlieb I hit the and sound. Philip, who in turn became pioneers in the emerging French champagne industry. Crossing the border, they set up operations in... Just like Germans want to do. <laughs> In Sorry. Red, <laughs> officially creating their champagne house in 1827. In 1852, George Hermann, or Herman, Mum, I believe it is Herman actually, yeah, Mum, a son of one of the founders, took the reins of the company, which would henceforth be known as G.H. Mum. They are currently the fourth largest champagne producer. Mum's 15 miles are home to almost 25 million bottles of wine. So, 15 let's go miles on. of chalk cellars. That, that, that that's a lot of digging. Doesn't suck, does yeah. it? Ah. Okay, well maybe they could just like hire us to rotate the bottles by hand or something. That would be fun. That'd be cool. Yeah. Mm, that would be it? carpal tunnel syndrome. <laughs> so, Denise, tell us about our first expression. Okay. Well, the Cordon Rouge is a non-vintage 45% Pinot Noir, 25% Pinot Meunier, and 30% Chardonnay. Created by George Herman Mum and first released in 1876, Cordon Rouge was patterned after the red sash of the Grand Cross, or Grand Croix, formerly called Grand Ribbon, Grand Cordon, the highest level of the French Legion of Honor, and what an awesome bottle. Yeah, they really, it, it's... Like we were discussing that before the. I wish everybody what are these, could see the bottle. Two years old. This new bottle. This bottle. This the new bottle is yeah. two years old. It's it's gorgeous. The yeah. old the old one we had is I think dated back. The label was from the nineteen. Oh yeah, 30s from like or 40s. prohibition. I mean, which was cool as well. But these are very very pretty. I mean, yeah. great packaging. The red sash is really interesting on the front of it. It's got the little groove and all yeah. that. I mean, well done. Yeah. Well executed. So what'd you think? So I actually, um, I like this champagne. You know, when we first poured them, they were all a little cool, a little chilled. I actually like my champagnes to warm up a little bit. I think it, it really brings out the flavor in them. Um, this one is really light in color though. I don't know, maybe even like really light, like a Pinot Gris or something. Um, I would like a little more color on it. Maybe a little straw color, kind of like that in a glass. Can't drink the color. I know, but you can't drink the color. Um, on the nose, it's definitely a lot of citrus, a lot of lemon, um, a little yeasty, and I got some apricot. I don't know if anybody else got a little apricot. Now on that it's this. warmed up, I get the apricot. You're right. I, when it was chilled, too, we had I started too cold. A you bit. miss it, was, it. It was just lemon. Yep, yep. And on the palate, for me, uh, still all the lemon. Um, definitely the green apples. I thought uh, it was a little tart and almost a little sourdough. So I guess that's where that yeast on the nose would come in for me. Uh, however, the finish was a little bit short. And uh, I actually liked it, but I wish it had a longer, more balanced finish. Okay. Well, well, I agree with just about everything you said. Oh, my gosh. I know. <laughs> first. Yeah. Um, I initially didn't get any yeast. And as it's really warmed up in the glass and sat in the glass for a long time, my very last nosing, I got rye bread. Rye? Yeast and a little hint of rye bread. Just. Hmm. I called it sourdough. You haven't washed your hands since lunch yesterday. <laughs> oh, it must have been that corned <laughs> beef sandwich on rye yesterday. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Well, 
I didn't get that at the beginning, but now that it's warmed up, uh, I would agree with you. The yeast and uh, breadiness is a little bit more pronounced. Um, and I would agree with everything you said, with the exception of the, the finish. I thought it was very well made. Uh, the finish could have been a little longer, but uh, very pleasant. Uh, you know, the old standby. Can't go wrong with it. Yeah, we'll be back. Hey, and we're back, and we are discussing the GH Mum Cordon Rouge Champagne. And we were just getting to find out what Harm thought about it. Well, cool, man. Uh, I actually like this one. Uh, I do get a lot of that uh, lemon curd on the nose, some pastry. I got a lot of brioche. I didn't. Uh, you guys didn't mention that. I mean, I mean, you said the yeast, but it's bread. Mm. Mm. And I'm enjoying it. Good, good froth. Good, good mousse when I when I sip it. Uh, and as as uh, Denise said, the apricot does come out as it warmed up on the palate a very floral tons of green apple and again that brioche comes out the finish is medium or short to medium i don't, I don't know it could be longer but uh still that lemon curd and brioche comes out and it's it's a pleasant champagne it's it's a good standby bob do you agree disagree oh i agree drink it's, all it's, the rest there, of it. there's a reason that they make so much i mean they they do it well and to make the quantity that they do to make it this well, that's you know that's a testament to how good their technique is. And yeah, very we're consistent. not drinking the tete de cuvee here; we're yeah. just drinking the regular ones. Yeah, I mean it's 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 easy to make a tete de cuvee when you've got really great grapes and you're making a much smaller amount. When you're making vast quantities for the entire global market and keeping the quality up with any product, that's the measure of the quality of the place. And you know this shows it. It's 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 a it's a standard. It's a standby, and it has been for how many years? And there's a reason. You know, it's 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 a great champagne. Um, I definitely get the lemon. I get the peaches, the apple, the crispness of the apple. You get the acidity, and it just comes right through on the palate. Um, I definitely get the brioche note on the nose. I, I, I'm with him. It's more bready to me than just straight yeasty. Um, you know, for for the dollar, a, 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 you know, a great champagne. Um, you know, and what I, do we learn here? Maury needs to wash his hands so he doesn't taste yesterday's sandwich. Yeah, well, right. he's at two J's. He was having a Reuben, and you know, these things happen. <laughs> now that he's grown the Grizzly Adams beard, it's hard to get that stink out of it. So, <laughs> but yeah. what I've also I yesterday's think, soup in there. <laughs> I think what we also underscore is the fact that the uh, the temperature makes a big difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. most people yeah. drink their champagne far too cold. Mm-hmm. And it really needs time to not only open in the glass, but warm up. Yeah. And uh, I think that's... Uh, well, see, most people don't drink good champagne. It depends on where you're going. It's if you're drinking like inexpensive Prosecco just to quaff with something, you want it chilled. That's super the other cold. problem is most people don't sip it. Yeah. They quaff it. They, they hurl it. They, they, they pour it down their throat as fast as they get it in the glass. They don't let it warm up at all. And here, here we are, we're tasting, and there's the four of us, and we've got, you know, whole bottles here, so we're able to go back and forth. So we start out chilled, and as it warms, as we discuss it, then we're able to top it back up, bring the temperature back down. So we're able to hit it at all the different temperature levels. So we're able to see as, as it changes, because champagnes do, you know, like any wine or spirit, when they're colder, certain things will shut down, certain things you'll taste, and as it warms up, certain flavors and aromas will will open up that you didn't know before so i like to talk compared to beer what 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 do you serve super chilled your cheapest beer that you drink after mowing the lawn. that's yeah. true yeah. i'm not going to name names but you know there's some crap out there <laughs> 
But uh, and it's all available for purchase at Fine I, Spirits I literally, in Cooper City. I don't, literally, we, we only sell microbrews now. It's mm. horrible. We're we're that kind of neighborhood. But um, and you I, want you, you those? Can, people make so the chilled. mistake of chilling their white wine too cold all the time. Yeah, always, definitely. Yeah. Well, especially here in Florida, people have because it's habit hot of here, man. Everything, yeah, till it's blistering cold. So we're in October, and I had, we're I mean, my run, run around with the. The AC on. Come on. Well, you run into the same thing down here when, when people get into wine. What do what three quarters of the people here start with when they go, I think I'm going to get into wine? What do they start with? Cheap, sweet, cold, German, usually, you know. No, it's it's, it's white zen usually. You know, it's really gross. They're looking for sweet. They're looking for something they can drink blistering cold. And eventually, some of them actually find their way to the light. And some of them uh, just stay in the darkness and, you know, get absorbed by the Sith. So. And the really special ones add ice to it. Mm-hmm. In the glass. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, you know what? That, there's nothing wrong with a wine spritzer if you want to make one, but. Uh, Don't talk about my Italian it. grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to give the, we're gonna give the uh, Mum Cordon Rouge three sips. Interesting. All right. So we're going to move on to the uh, next wine. Who wants to tell us about the rose? I think it's you. Is it me? All I right. think it is you, Bob. Well, our next wine is from GH Mum. It's the Cordon Rouge Rosé, non-vintage. This is a 60% Pinot Noir, 22% Chardonnay, and 18% Pinot Meunier. Um, let's see. Where is it? Ah, it's hard to find in this sea of glasses. God, I love this day. All right. It's got a beautiful color to it. Really very vibrant color. And on the nose, I get uh, a lot of berries. That color would be pink, Bob. Now that it's warmed up. You said it says a vibrant color, but didn't actually mention a color. Mm -hmm. It's pink. No, it's a pale rose gold. Oh, come on. Well, if you you read the sales circulars and the uh, data sheets, it is a pale salmon pink with energetic This is not salmon by any means. I'm not writing writing data sheets for the company. Come on, let's embrace the the new metal. It's rose gold. Yeah. (sighs) Rose gold is very old, and now it's oh, yeah. new that again. Oh, yeah, was big in the Everything 70s. Everything old yeah. is new again. Oh, yeah. I bought a rose gold iPad for my daughter. But it's See? Horrible. It's got a, this it's, is I mean, rose it's a, gold. It's got, Looks like this, you know, doesn't it? For a rose it? champagne, it's fairly intense in color. I mean, it's it's not washed out like some of them can be. No, not at all. On the nose, the berries just jump out. And then at the top note, right on the tip of the nose, you get sort of the acidity comes in, gives you that sort of grapefruity nose um, on the palate. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm retasting myself. Wow. Mm-hmm. Strawberries, cherry, a little bit of citrus. It's got a creaminess to it now that it's warmed up a little bit. It's uh, much more creamy, much more mouth coating than it was when it was colder. Agreed. And the body seems to have picked up now that it's warmed up a little bit for me, at least. Yeah, it um, definitely got a little bit more viscosity. And it's got a got a decent i'd say medium finish on it as well um again for a company that turns out you know a high quantity of wine well put together i think i definitely yeah what do you think denise i think i need a little more in my glass and i'm going to tell you why hold on let me get up <laughs> i on tell the nose why. i i definitely got um hang on all right let me find my glass on the nose, I, I, I definitely got citrus um, and grapefruit. But to be perfectly honest, on the palate, and uh, most people who know me know I'm not a big fan of sweet, um, but it was a little sweet for me. So the, the strawberries came forward, but sweeter strawberries, like strawberry 
jam strawberry, not like nice wild strawberries that have a little tartness to them. Um, so it, it sort of missed my palate because for me it was a little one note. Um, I mean, it was pleasant. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. And the finish, Bob said he got a medium finish and I thought the finish was nice and crisp, but short for me. I actually agree with you. I think the finish is a little short, uh, but I don't think it's one note, Denise. I think you're under underselling this one. Well, think about it. She doesn't like sweet. That's why she's with Maury. I know. Yeah. She's she's clearly has a penchant for bitter. Now, yeah. I like, well, Bob put more in my angry. glass, and I'm starting to enjoy okay. it all over again, yeah. and maybe not but so. But the strawberries pop out of this glass right? yeah. completely, just Big but, time, but not in an unbalanced way. I've no. had some no, that are like not, strawberry yeah, it's not wine. Leaning into wine yeah. Oh no, I, would. I mean this is by no stretch a strawberry. Well, you'll get Definitely some. The acidity not. is just so up there; it's like really tart green tart. apple juice. Yeah, yeah. right. And that's not good either. Yeah, I think summer. I think yeah, when people hear us say strawberry, they think of that artificial strawberry. This is like, uh, I, no, I, I like real strawberry. I, yeah, I went to fresh. my parents' house today to drop off some stuff, and my mom, of course, wouldn't let me leave without a bowl of fruit because she's from India, and I have to eat because I'm not too heavy as it is because she's not married to me but, but it's fruit but it's fruit it's good for you right. so i literally came here with you know strawberries in my mouth this is this smells like fresh cut strawberries to right me. this is real fruit it's not that jammy i mean because you said jammy and i was like that struck the wrong nerve with me denise okay this is not jammy to me this this tastes like this this is not like wild italian strawberries that are you know really just popping but this is Regular grocery store strawberries that you get in America, and they taste fantastic. But much more juicy strawberry on the nose than on the palate. I mean, that implies that the palate is just this dominant by, by strawberry, and I think it's really nicely balanced. I the the get, acidity comes out on the palate to balance yeah, it out. Yeah. And there's definitely some pink grapefruit both on the nose and on the palate. Again, that acidity yeah. really balances yeah, it out Yeah, both you nicely. and Bob said that, but I had to stretch to get that grapefruit. It's there, but it's, it's light to it's, me. It's not... It's it's literally just in the very very tip of your nose, and it's you know just the acidity comes up and it just gives it the acid gives it that just that turn that gives you that grapefruity. So, I mean, well done, and uh, we're going to be uh, rating the uh, GH Mum Cordon Rouge Rosé three sips. Interesting. I just wish I had a longer finish. Right. right. Well, we're going to go on to our next champagne house. So we're going to go to uh, Champagne on Rio. And the Enrio Framley has its roots in Champagne region. Framley? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You got a problem with Have that? Have some more champagne. You know, <laughs> Champagne. Yeah, Champagne. Uh, dating back to the 16th century, the House of Enrio was officially founded in 1808 by Apolline Enrio, widow of Nicholas Simon Enrio. So apparently that's a that's a big trend in Champagne where you have widows taking over after the husband. Hmm. That's because I believe that's also how Vuclico went. Love. She undertook the task of making available every a very private Champagne Amrio in her father's vineyard in Bouzy and sold her wines under the name of Vouve Henriot Agny. In eighteen fifty the House of Henriot received a royal warrant from the King of Holland. And in 1851, Ernest Henriot, grandson of Apolline, became associated with his brother-in-law, Charles Isaac, and created the brand Charles Isaac. Gee, you didn't see that one coming, did you? Charles Isaac created a brand called Charles Isaac. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ernest continued to manage... There's quite a few Heidsicks in the champagne. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are. 
Ernest continued to manage, uh, imagine, uh, manage his own business in his own name. In 1875, he ended his partnership with Charles and devoted his time to the Henriot brand by creating Henriot AC. In 1905, a raw warrant was granted to Alexandre Henriot by his apostolic imperial royal majesty, Franz Joseph II, Emperor of Austria and Hungary, and the Warrior of the Wastelands, the Ayatollah of King and Rock of Rolla, and <laughs> the Lord Humongous. Yeah. Uh, the house survived through the Phylaxler Crisis of the early 20th century, the First World War and the Depression, and the Second World War, and remains in family hands to this day. Current head seller master, Laurent Frenet, has... God help us for with our French has awarded the title has been awarded the title of sparkling winemaker of the year in 2015 and 2016 by the highly regarded international wine challenge. The house style is guided by the pursuit of the purest express from Chardonnay from grapes selected from the finest terroir in the Côte de Blanc and Montagny den Reims. Montagne. Well, I'm not sure what a Royal warrant is, but I think I want one. I've, I don't really prefer to avoid warrants. I've got a few, but they were, trust me, they weren't they issued by warrant. Yeah. Well, I mean, you call the guy your honor, but you know, you're not calling him like your majesty. So I don't think he qualifies as, mm. as royalty. So, Maury, why don't you tell us about the first one here? I will. Thank you, Bob. So the first champagne is Champagne Henrio Blanc de Blanc. It is made up of 70 to 80% Grand Cru and Premier Cru grapes. 100% of it is Chardonnay. There's 40% reserve wines, which are aged, and the, and the champagne is aged for a minimum of four to five years on the lees. And the dosage is less than eight grams per liter. Um, this is a lovely champagne. It's got a nice pale golden color and lively yet delicate bubbles. This too has really uh, improved nicely with air and, um, and a little warming. On the nose, there's some minerality. There's definitely some citrus, white peach, little dried apricot, and uh, a hint of, uh, hint of honey uh, or orange blossom there. On the palate, uh, delicious uh, lemon notes, a little, uh, little bit of honey. And uh, now as it's warmed up, I'm starting to get a little of that buttery brioche. I got it earlier, but it's definitely coming out now. Definitely much more. And it's got a nice medium finish. Uh, all in all, uh, a very, very nice wine. And uh, one I hadn't had before, especially the Blanc de Blanc. And uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. What do you think, Harmeet? Uh I've had this wine before, and I'm still impressed with it. I love Blanc de Blanc champagne. I, Frankly, as we were doing our notes, I tasted this last because Excellent. I thought it would color my uh, reviews of the others. So... Uh, I like how you put delicate but lively bubbles. Delicate is the, the key here. The bubbles are almost non-existent after having it sit in the glass for a few minutes, or not a few minutes, like about a half hour. Um, so it's you really get the champagne. I mean, you get, you get the Chardonnay here. It's just gorgeous. Mm. The mineral notes are there. I got a lot of toast on the first my first nosing of it, like a um, little toasty bread and... Uh, peaches apricots i got a lot of floral notes as well not so much the honey that you got and the palate was just like the note and i got some nuts on the palate as well like i don't know it's not hazelnut it's some sort of nuttiness on the palate well maury didn't wash his hands after work and he's the one to put the glasses oh, he's out. always touching nuts that's true so and the finish is medium long 
with lots of peaches and some citrus coming out the end. And uh, I quite enjoyed it. Denise, what do you think? It's hard to follow the description that the two of you just gave because it's perfect. It's spot on. Um, you get all of those notes, and I can go over it again. But the dried apricot, I did get the honey. Don't um, worry, you'll pay for it later. And the orange blossom. <laughs> Um, I pay for it. It, it was day. actually one of my favorites um, in the lineup today. Uh, I love the finish. I thought it was uh, crisp and a little dry, um, all at the same time, and it had a nice medium finish. I loved it. I actually, you know, when, when I was rating this wine, I, I didn't give it a great rating at first, but later it just kept coming back up. You know, uh, as it warmed up, this 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 wine, because I was expecting a lot since I had it before. I was expecting more from that, and I just I made the mistake of just drinking it too cold. It's really improved. I agree. I really actually rated it a bit lower, and then after we've allowed it to warm up. Uh, In fact, is that the bottle there? I'll just try yes. some more if you don't mind. Nope, not at all. I added a little to mine. And I'll be calling a new Harm, try not to chug it from the bottle, please. Yeah. Use a glass. Well, we've had it at three temperatures. We've had it straight out of the fridge. We've allowed it to warm up quite a bit. And now we're topping back up and bringing the temperature back down a little bit as well. So again, oh yeah, this is trying to go through the temperature right? range and it find a sweet better. spot. So I think right around fifty degrees, forty-five degrees, it's freaking awesome. Mm. Yeah, the mineral notes on this are huge. The citrus is really Chalky. nice. It's yeah, I mean, it's you can taste the soil. It's absolutely lovely. Um, the brioche comes Bring out as it gets a little bit warmer. Right about now, after topping it up and just bringing the temp down just a per just a touch, I think it's it it's just perfect right now. Um, absolutely lovely champagne, and we're going to be rating the Blanc de Blanc from Monrio four sips. That's classified. So we're going to move on to our next wine, and that is the Monrio Brut Souverain, and that is a two thirds Grand Cru, one third Premier Cru grapes. Uh, 50% Chardonnay, 40, or yeah, 50% Chardonnay, 45% Pinot Noir, and 15 or 5% Pinot Meunier. It's 30% reserve wines, more than three years of aging, and the dosage is less than eight grams per liter. So let me find it in a sea of glasses here. The color, well, their tasting notes call it a white straw, but yeah, I'd say it's fairly accurate. It's got a lovely hue to it. Um, on the nose, the citrus jumps out at me. Um, the roasted almonds definitely jump out at me on this. A little bit of a buttery pastry note uh, on the palate. Hold on. Hmm. Still getting the pastry notes on it. The acidity on this one is down. It's a little bit uh, toward more toward the sweet side. And I'm getting some white peach. So we'll come back, see what everyone else thinks. And we're back, and we are discussing the Brut Souverain from Champagne and Roi. Uh, who wants to talk about this next? I'll talk about it. Huh? Well, I'm glad that I poured a little more during the break. Um, because to be perfectly honest, originally... Uh, my notes were, hmm, I, I really wasn't sure how to describe it, but but now it, it's really come to life. Um, you definitely get the bread. I think um, either toast or toasted bread or toasted almonds, um, definitely on the nose. 
I get a lot of uh, peach and, and tartness. So I don't know if anybody else gets this tartness on the sides of their tongues, almost yeah. like a cider Along the edges, tartness yeah. on the edge. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly what it is. It's and, almost like a cider. Yeah, and originally I thought, well, this is very cider-like. Yeah. Not unpleasant, just different. Um, and I still get a little bit of that, but I think that it's definitely opened up, um, warmed up, cooled down. Um, I still find this a little light. And uh, for me, it has, other than that tartness, uh, a minimal mouthfeel. But it actually has a nice finish. So I think the finish is, uh, you know, a a medium finish and and nice. I agree with you. I had high expectations for this. Um, While I love Blanc de Blanc, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, single barrel, creating something amazing, um, you know, one instrument, like a soloist. Um, This is a classic. Uh, champagne blend it's got all the classic grapes and uh i really thought that this would have more balance and more interest than perhaps the blanc de blanc but in fact uh well it's well made and it's good and i don't want to say that i just would say that i had high hopes and so compared to those hopes i was a little disappointed i agree with everything you said i thought that it was a little bit light it was a, still for me, even with topping up and warming up and et cetera, et cetera, I found it to be relatively light, uh, not overly complex. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> uh, definitely a little less acid than the uh, Blanc de Blanc. Uh, a well-made champagne, but um, it's, it's hard after the uh, Blanc de Blanc. Well, we you should have tasted the Blanc de Blanc last, but coming, well, coming re- re- revisiting it, it after the Blanc de Blanc is pro- a no, problem. No, but I did taste it before the Blanc de yeah. Blanc, and I had a lower opinion. No, I understand. Uh, frankly, I, I like this. I think it is balanced. It's, it, you, the way you're saying, you're disappointed, but I, I think it's it's there. I think tropical fruit notes, lots of flowers, but what really um, struck me was that toasted almond. Uh, Denise said, "Toasted almonds right up front." Um, it's really improved in the glass, and uh, I enjoyed it. There's, I didn't. I didn't find any real faults with it. No, and it's it's and it's, it's no, so it's perfumey. As I, yeah. as I revisit it, it is so perfumey. I can't identify all those flowers, but there's there's white flowers, and there may be some rose mm-hmm. petal. I'm not sure, but it's really good. Yeah, I I enjoyed the heck out of it. So we're going to be rating the Oreo Brut Souverain three sips. Interesting. So we are moving on to the last champagne from Henriot. We're going to have Harmit tell us about that one. Okay, the Henriot Rosé. Let's see here. This is crafted by adding Pinot Noir red wine to the blend. The champagne expresses the best of the Montagne de Rime. Uh, The Pinot Noir is 50%. Meunier is 10%. And uh, the rest is Chardonnay. And they don't say how much Pinot Noir, do they? Uh, 50% 50% Pinot, 10%. No, no, no. I'm sorry. They add, you, when you make the rosé, you add yep. still wine. Yeah. They don't say how much they add. Um, 12% blended rosé champagne. 35% so this is uh, 35% of this blend is from uh, reserve wines uh, that are left to uh, rest in the cellars for at least three years. The dosage is a little bit higher than our previous wines. It's at nine grams. So it's still considered brute, but it's going to be a little bit sweeter than what we've had earlier. Um, See, this is what I would call a salmon color. This is very pale. And the nose is really improved now. Uh, strawberries and lime and a little bit of pastry note. Raspberry. And then on the palate, 
Oh, the palette's very pretty now as it warmed up. Um, it's it's very interesting. It's, it's, it's not as big strawberry as the Cordon Rouge we had, but the strawberries are there. There's more fruit. There's more floral notes. And not creaminess, but a little bit more of that brioche going on. What do you guys think? Uh, Denise, what do you think? Are you still pouring? Oh. No, I just uh, topped off, but um, I'm sticking with the rose gold for the day <laughs> <laughs> instead of the this light This is salmon. a very different color from the rose gold you called earlier. <laughs> I know. This is a little bit lighter, but, but it's beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful in the glass. Um, for me, the nose tells me exactly what I'm going to get on the palate. On the nose, I get this minerality, strawberry nose. And that's exactly what I get on the palate. So get, you're saying it's two one note for you? No, not at all. Okay. In fact, I like it. I like the balance of the strawberries and the minerals together. Mm -hmm. um, I find it crisp and fresh and refreshing. Um, I think it has a very balanced mouthfeel, and I think it has a lovely finish. And I think it's uh, very nice. I, I really enjoyed this. I found this, the mouthfeel on this is kind of, it finishes kind of dry compared to some of the others we had. Yeah, that's but surprising I think I like considering that. that it's, what, about three grams higher than the others we've had so far, mm. than the last one. No, well, no, you got to go by the gram. acidity. I didn't see yeah. the pH on this one. Yeah. Oh here! Oh here's also here's also. Oh, okay, no, it was only uh, the block to block was at eight, and uh, this is at nine. Fruit was at, yeah, it's only nine. That's only one more. No, I like it. It doesn't finish sweet for me, um, and so for me that that's definitely a plus. It makes me want to go back for more. We we know she doesn't like sweet. No, not with him around the house. The bitter guy. Yeah, um, Mr. Bitter. I, I I think this is another very well uh, made champagne from Monrio. Uh, Beautiful color. It's definitely a little more pink salmon than uh, rose gold. Rose gold. Uh, <laughs> definitely got a little more hint of that orangey, pinky, light, light pink salmon. Um, again, evolved nicely in the glass. I really concur with most of what uh, everybody said. It's a little drier. You expect the rosés to sometimes be a little sweeter, especially when you have uh, the hints of strawberry and things like that. But this is not. This delivers. It's uh, it's dry. I think that dryness is that comes from that minerality. That chalkiness comes through on the finish. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, so, this one, like the Blanc de Blanc, you're really tasting the soil in this one. You know, the minerality is is really, really lovely. I like that. I get you know I get huge amounts of fruit. I get the lemon. I get the I get the grapefruit on this. I get the soil, the chalkiness. Uh, you keep getting grapefruit. I'm not getting grapefruit on these wines today. Mm -hmm. Just barely. It's right in the very, very tip of the nose. Um, yeah, it's lovely. It's it's got it's got a nice finish on it. Stays with me for uh, longer than ever, about anything we've had so far. I think. Yeah, I would say it's got the longest finish of the day. Um, you know, there's one thing I noticed I missed on my notes. It's, it's got kind of a niece on the finish. That's that a is spiciness. Get, hold on, let me try it again. Definitely got a little pink grapefruit on the palate at the back end, but uh, I didn't get the anise. I'm getting it on the nose. Mm -hmm. Revisiting that thing. I can so. kind of see what he's getting at, yeah. Sort of mid-palate to back-palate. It, uh, it, it doesn't suck drinking champagne. No. <laughs> it this never is, sucks. This is, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is a fun day. I, I love my job. <laughs> and it's not over yet. <laughs> but that's not all. So we're going to be rating the uh, Oreo 
Brut Rosé, champagne, four sips. That's classified. All right, so we're going to be moving on to our next champagne house, and we're going to have Maury tell us about that one. Okay, thank you, Bob. Champagne Collet was founded in 1921. It's just a baby. It was located in the heart of I, a UNESCO World Heritage Site, within the Vallée de la Marne growing region. Oh, come on, put a little accent to that. De la Marne. Vallée de la Marne. Uh, <laughs> famous for Pinot Noir and one of Champagne's 17 Grand Cru's. From the beginning, Champagne Collet has identified itself with the Art Deco period that became popular in France after World War I. The creative wave unleashed by the Art Deco style was the perfect accompaniment to the joy and abandon of life in the 1920s and remains part of the attraction to Champagne in the present day. They source fruit from 850 growers spread over 160 different crew. There are a total of 320 crew in Champagne. However, winemaker Sebastian Wysiak uses no more than 10% of the overall vineyard yields to produce the best possible champagne with a year-to-year style consistency. So the, uh, the first uh, and only champagne we have from Champagne Collet is called the Brut Art Deco. Mm. It is made from, again, seven Grand Cru and 13 Premier Cru wines, 40% Chardonnay, 40% Pinot Noir, and 20% Pinot Meunier. It's aged for a minimum of four years. This is perhaps the most interesting and different of all the champagnes we've tried today. Yes, it um, is. It's got a lovely pale yellow color. Again, it's got super fine bubbles that are almost uh, imperceptible after the initial pour. Um on the nose, I find it really dominated by yeast on the nose. There's lots of things in the tasting notes, and if you really dig deep, you can find things like lemon peel and pineapple and apple and pear and lavender. But for me, not necessarily in a bad way, I find the nose on this particular bottle just really dominated and overpowered by a, a yeast. Um, on the palate, a creamy a mouthfeel. Some citrus, some lime, some lemon, a little bit of pineapple. Um, and again, I get uh, a really nice, hearty uh, sourdough bread or yeast um, flavor on the palate with uh, with a lovely finish. Uh, finish is, I would say, medium to long. And uh, a really, really interesting champagne that, again, uh, I'm fascinated by the style being so much different. They're all aged on the leaves. This one, not much longer than the others. Yet I find that uh, you get a lot more of the, the leaves coming through, both on the nose and on the palate. Yeah, this this is definitely stands to the side of everything we tasted today. This is definitely the most different of them all, in, 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 in an interesting way. Yeah. Denise, what'd you think? I agree. Um, earlier, I had mentioned that there was a champagne that was one of my favorites of the day, and that's because this is my favorite of the day. Um earlier Maury which is really interesting I did get the yeast a lot of yeast and bread when it warmed up you would have definitely mistaken it for a jar of honey if your eyes were closed mm. in my opinion um, then I added a little more to it I cooled it down and so I do get the yeast and the bread back again um, 
but definitely I got on the palate the lime. I still got the honey. I get a little uh, saltiness, which is really interesting, and I love that. And a little hint of uh, smokiness. And uh, I agree as with it warmed the, up, this the, yeah. that very very almost imperceptible smokiness came out as great? it got warm. Yeah, I it love was very that. interesting. And yeah, nice medium finish. Beautiful. I love it. I, I don't know. My nose is different. I get the smokiness right up front when it was Do colder you? and now too. On the nose or on the palate? On the nose. Really? On the, I get the smokiness right away from both earlier when it's colder and now here. Uh, the yeastiness to me is there, but it's not overwhelming like you guys are going on about. To me, I get those tropical fruit notes. I got the honey. It's, it's, it's an perfumey. overwhelming. Honey's there. Definitely. The honey's yeah. there. It's it's gorgeous. It's There's nothing wrong with it. It's just... It's just got so much going it's on, and so I really enjoy that. I got that. a lot of pineapple coming out, tropical notes. Uh, there's spice, um, and the, the flowers are there. But right away, the, I got that smokiness rather than yeast. Um, it's it's le- to me, it's less bready than the uh, the GH Mom was. Yeah, hmm. but it's gorgeous. Who will allow me to return? And, in, and when you mentioned the salinity, it really did come out. It did, yeah. The salinity's, the salinity's there too. It's it's very well balanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's extremely interesting. Um, on the nose, I get again as it warmed up that just just very slightly almost smoky aroma to it, and I'm still getting the pineapple on it. Uh, the pineapple definitely jumped out at me right away, like a charred pineapple. Yeah. And the first yeah. thing when so we I, took I it got out that right away when we took it out and it was cold. The first thing that hit me was lime. Right. I mean, it was like it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't lemon. It was orange. It was lime. 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 I think lime. you just had it too cold at that. Which point. just, which just, you know, took it out. Bob, of, are you still drinking lime rickies for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm sucking on what one right that? now because I'm just deathly afraid of you know getting scurvy. Um, the lime character is still there as it warmed up. That's that's went down, but I I definitely get the smokiness. I definitely get almost the the slight brininess. Which if you you know enjoy an Isla Scotch, man, this is if you're an Isla guy, this is the champagne for you. I mean, if you like drinking Bamore, this is what you should have with dinner. This is this is definitely interesting. And and as Denise said, as it warms up, you you get that honey note to it. Um, definitely different than everything else that we had it needs some oysters the oysters oh would be awesome. yes yeah. denise give that girl a prize right <laughs> bob when will you be serving <laughs> we'll be here? serving oysters there bob, <laughs> someone in go. the kitchen shucking right if you now. would eat oysters out of this house you are braver than i thought um <laughs> oh, mm. i'm sorry that i did that to everyone was but i just couldn't uh, help it it was definitely very very interesting and um and i really enjoyed it and we're going to be rating the kole Brute Art Deco, four sips. Yay! That's classified. Yeah, my score really came up from the first time I tasted it. It was I found it disappointing when I first tasted it, but wow. No, I, I had I, it I've at a four from your, the beginning. I've come around to your way of thinking. Wow, I'm sure. Perfect. Well, welcome to the other side. Yeah. The Our fact mate, that I have a gun on him side. right now helps too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you just, supplied just, me with my champagne. You can have your way with me now. Hey, do as I say, and you live. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, that's all the time we have for this episode today, unfortunately. But once we're gone, we'll continue to drink champagne, don't fear. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and you can catch all of our episodes where you found this one, as well as on terrestrial and satellite radio and online at Apple uh, Podcasts, 
Google Play, iHeartRadio, CBS Radio, Radio.com, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere you can listen to a podcast. The easiest way to find this show on your phone is to ask Alexa, Siri, or Google to play podcasts, Sip, Suds, and Smokes. Proud of you, Harmeet. You learned to swallow. The, we love your feedback. Is dry. The spit bucket is dry. The we love your bucket. feedback, and you can reach us online <laughs> at Sip, Suds, Smokes. And our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every day at Sip, Suds, Smoke. And our Facebook is also buzzing with lots of news, and you can interact with all the other fans. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. I want to thank our co-hosts. Thank you, Denise. Thank you. And um, they match my iWatch. And if Apple says it's rose gold, then it's rose gold. (laughs) Apparently, somebody's going to the jewelry store this weekend, Maury. (laughs) Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Maury. Thank you, Denise. Um, it's really been a privilege. Really great day in the basement. Oh, Wayne, is there a sad he missed today? Mm. And oh, what the heck? Thank Why? you, Mark. Well, I'm I'm glad to have your begrudging thanks. Um, thank you, Bob. It's wonderful to be here. Again, it's because I have the gun, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and for Sip Says and Smokes, this is Made Man Bob, and we thank you for joining us. And remember, life is too short to drink bad champagne. Yes, it is. Isn't that the truth? Only this two was occasions. A fun show. When I'm loving, when I'm not. So I mean, how Coco can you Chanel? not have fun? There's a table full of champagne. If you're not having fun now, you don't know what a good time is. That's it. Mm, yum. been a one-tan hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.